Hi, my name's Katie. I'm a certified life coach, mother of four, prince, lover, and seeker of joy. Every week, I'm going to give you tools, tips, and tricks to create joy in your everyday life. Based typically on the law of assumption, but we go through other ways as well. So if you want to experience joy in your Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday life, come on, let's go. Hello, beloved. How are you? How are you doing? Did you have an amazing week last week? I sure did. I got to see snow last week or this week, excuse me. Uh, it was shocking, but it was beautiful. I love snow, how it's so cleansing, but I was not prepared for it. But I have to admit, I do love snow. I didn't realize that until I moved to Texas, where bugs are so big, you could probably saddle them and ride them. So I love snow because either bugs go into hiding or they just don't come around here. Like Tom Petty, don't come around here no more. That's how I feel about bugs. They're not my thing at all. Um, So it's nice to see snow. It was crazy that it's in the fall, but hey, I live in Utah, so that's to be expected. But it was beautiful, beautiful. I'm excited for the holiday season. I mean, I can wait. I like to take everything on its time. I want to enjoy the fall harvest a little bit longer, but I do. I just love this time of year. It's magical to me. And we all need to work on making January, February, March a little bit more magical. My kids said, January is like the Monday of the year. It's like, what does it got going? (laughs) I love January. I think it's magical too. That's why we have uh, New Year's and people build resolutions. So they have something to look forward to, right? But every time of year is magical, right? That's what this podcast is all about. Enjoy your Monday, your Wednesday, or your Tuesday, Wednesday life. Every day is magical. You don't have to save your joy for happy Friday. Yay, we're excited it's Friday because tomorrow we don't have to be here. Every day is amazing. Every day. If you're at work right now listening to this, you're making money, honey. So that's amazing because money affords you the opportunities to do the things you want to do in your free time, right? Or it allows you to pay for things like power, gas, water, all that. And I love that. I love paying for all those things. I'm grateful to because... I don't want to use candlelight to live my life. I mean, it is magical candlelight, but uh, I love paper lanterns. I love um, dimmer switches, mood lighting. All that is not possible if I didn't pay my light bill. I love hot water and taking long leisurely showers or soaking in a bath. All that's not possible without hot water, right? (laughs) So there's always joy to be found in everything. We just have to slow ourselves down, right? Well, let's get into the soul truth so we can get on to the topic today. I hope you did have a fabulous week last week. I hope that you were able to see some thoughts in yourself that you were able to come up higher or you're working on a new belief. So right now on the soul truth, a belief that we're going to journal on or question is how can I surrender even more in this moment? So that's something to ponder. How can you surrender? And what does surrender even mean to you? 
that's another thing you could journal on. What is surrender to you? Because some people might view surrender as weakness. Let's read the card. So it says, It is essential to have clear, strong intentions of what we desire, but it's equally important for us to detach from the outcome. It's time to surrender. Let the universe have some breathing room to work. Let go of the wheel and trust so deeply that your trust turns into gratitude for what you cannot see yet, but you know it's coming. Today's soul action. Know this so deeply that your soul vibrates. You are not alone. You're not alone. Your life has purpose and the more you surrender, the more God can produce miracles in your life. Today's mantra, I surrender. I accept all that I cannot change. I release the outcome and I joyfully trust the process. Yes, I love that one. Let go of the wheel and trust so deeply that your trust turns into gratitude. I like that. You're not alone. Reminds me of that Michael Jackson song, You Are Not Alone. I listen to that quite a bit when I'm having, I'm all in my feels and I'm feeling like I am alone. So I love that. And then where it says, um, let go of the outcome, basically. I love this. This reminds me of, I don't know if you guys ever order your groceries off of Walmart, but I do quite a bit. It's very convenient. I love it. It saves me time. I can just put in my list. But a lot of times they have substitutions. So when you order, you have to kind of let go of the outcome that you're always going to get exactly what you put your order in for. But that's okay because what's neat about it is it substitutes. But then sometimes it's like, oh, I'm grateful that it did that. I would have never had that product and I see that it's the same cost and it's just as good or it's even better and I would have had no idea of it because I'm so stuck. Even in things as toothpaste and the type of bread we like to buy and things like that, we get so rigid, right? So that's just an example of letting go of the outcome. I put in my order. I know it's coming to me and I'm grateful that we live in a day and age where that's an option where I can just place my order and groceries come to my door, and I can go on living my life. So trust turns to gratitude for what you cannot see yet, but you know it's coming. So today's mantra, surrender, accept what cannot change. And we've talked about that before. We need to accept where we are in this moment. Doesn't mean we can't desire change, but when we don't accept it, we fight against it. And when you fight against it, you're persisting in it. You're like, I won't, I won't, I won't accept this. Well, you cannot accept, but it's still going to persist. But when you let go, you're able to see all the possibilities that are available to you. And you can trust the process and enjoy the journey. And that's really the whole purpose of anything we want in life, correct? Any, 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 anything we want in life is so that we can feel joy in the having of it, right? We want that man, that job, that money, that this, that, 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 whatever, so we can enjoy our life. And joy is just a thought, I am joyous. I enjoy my life. That's just a thought that you attach a feeling to. So this brings us into the topic today. The topic is going to be called, What is Belief? Because I know that we're all taught, we're believe, 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 and you shall receive. Believe, believe, believe. 
Well, what do you define belief even as? What is belief? You know? Where, oh, I should just, it's something I do. Well, let's get into that. That's what we're talking about today. Belief as a verb, something you do. So to belief, belief, to belief, (laughs) is believe is a Germanic word. That's its origin in B-I-L-E-A-V-E. Believe or believe, confidence, reposed in a person or a thing, faith or religion. Webster's defines it as a state or a habit of mind in which trust or confidence is placed in a person or a thing. So belief in God, belief in democracy. I define belief um, as a mental consent to an idea or a thought paradigm. Belief is a mental consent is mental consent that I give to something. If I believe the earth is flat, I'm giving mental consent that that is a reality for me. So now we're clear on belief. So what paradigm or belief or believes, beliefs, (laughs) were you taught growing up? What paradigm were you taught growing up about belief? Now, many of us, we are taught that, you know, you have to see to believe. You have to see it to believe it. Actions speak louder than words, right? Actions speak louder than words. And while that is true to some extent, because actions are the manifestations of our words, that's, I wouldn't say that actions speak louder than words, you know, because the words and the thoughts are what manifest the action. So, Many of us are taught that you have to see to believe something. However, even in the scientific method, sight, can I tell you, or eyewitness testimony, it's one of the crudest or lowest forms of evidence. So assuming um, that is true, the scientific method, does seeing always mean believing? And we just said that, but actions speak louder than words. Not really, boo. Actions are a manifestation of words. So in the past, I've discussed confirmation bias. And a confirmation bias is a form of a cognitive bias and where you interpret any evidence as a confirmation of your personal beliefs. So some examples of this may be telling your friend, hey, girl, I saw your man kissing on some lady the other day or he was out to dinner with some girl the other day. And then she goes home and talks to her man and she comes back mad at you talking about, I don't know what you thought you saw, but he loves me and he would never do that. And then the chick don't want to kick it with you because you hate on her man, even though her man's the one who did her dirty. That's how she presents it to you. Like you did her dirty, but she doubles down on him. That's a confirmation bias. She's looking for any evidence as confirmation that he loves her. So another example is only following people who have your same mindsets on social media, who believe what you believe about God, nature, and the universe, whatever. Um, Another big example is uh, religion or politics. You know that. Or only hanging out with people that share your same thought views. And so you work each other up. Now, if I tell someone in my life, Jesus loves me so much, Jesus loves me, he blesses me daily, and they're not a believer in Jesus, they typically think I'm just lucky or delusional or statistically favored. But likewise, my bias 
will filter everything through that spiritual lens, regardless of scientific information to the contrary. So you could see evidence of this in creationism versus evolution, yes? So if that's a confirmation bias that I may have. Now, cognitive biases are totally normal, and it's our brain's way to filter data. So we tend to distort to delete or to generalize information. That's our way to uh, create a filter or chunk it down. So we're not overwhelmed because there's so much sensory information coming at us. Can you imagine how you'd feel if you were able to internalize every little bit of data that came your way via sense, sight, and sound? Uh, you'd go fucking crazy. I, <laughs> right? You'd go super crazy. I mean, like, I have a super duper strong sense of smell and I hear very nuanced sound. So for me, the overload, I would go crazy. It'd be maddening. So that's just a human thing and it's normal. So don't think bad that you create filters or biases like that. The thing is, is we just need to use it to our advantage, right? We just need to learn how to flip it for us. So when we see things around us, we think that we're just internalizing or viewing things. That's just what is. It's just a matter of fact. But that's how you can tell that your nervous system too is overloaded is when the sights and sounds of everything around you is just becoming too much right? Do you ever feel that way? I mean, that might be a little side tangent, but I get that way. When I'm listening to the radio, I love to listen to bass. And like I've said in past podcasts, and that's how I know I'm getting overwhelmed is when things, uh, sights and sounds like light and things like that, they become too intense. That's how migraine people know that they ha have a headache coming on. But your brain functions as a filter, like Instagram has filters. We do that too. Otherwise, we'd be inundated. So we distort, delete, or generalize information in an attempt to chunk it down to avoid that overwhelm, okay? So my point is that just because you see evidence of something doesn't make it empirically true. All it means is that you've tweaked the filter or lens you look through to make it true for you. So like going to an eye doctor, have you, I don't know if you guys wear glasses, I wear glasses, and he flips all those lenses. How about now? How about now? How about now? How about this one? What do you see better with? That's what I hope this podcast is for you or any other podcast that you listen to. I hope that you're gravitating towards things that flip those lenses for you. Like how do you see when you look through this lens and this lens and this lens? Okay, so back to what I was saying, just because you see evidence for something doesn't always make it true. And that's where obviously belief comes in. So you beloved, you've manufactured and accepted the lenses that people have put on you, the filters in your life. Initially, we discussed the manuals and past podcasts of our parents, how they helped shape some of our lenses of what is possible and acceptable. For example, my mother-in-law, when I'm around her, and anytime I say the word fuck, she's like, you can't say that word. Oh, yeah, I can. I do this thing. And my kids already know what I'm going to say when I say, I do this little thing called whatever the fuck I want. That's how I roll. If you don't like that, that's who you choose to be in the world. If you choose not to associate with people that swear, that's your business. And I get that. But I do this thing called whatever the fuck I want. And I choose to swear. So, bloop. 
You don't get to tell somebody else how what's possible and acceptable in the world. That's a belief that I get to generate for myself. But a lot of us, we've had these things put on us in the past. And so we just accept it as true or the norm. However, if you're over the age of 18, you get to trash the lenses of the past and you get to create a new lens. Whatever your lens, you get to do the little thing called whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> However, now with many of my clients, they want to see evidence first before they'll believe a new thing. So it's like, I already believe what I believe, but to believe a new thing, I have to see evidence first before I'll believe it. And like, I want my husband to act this way before I can believe he will love me, or I need to see the money in my account before I can see myself as prosperous, or I think I can, I don't, you know, can't start that new dream because I've never been that type of person to accomplish that before. However, beloved, what if I told you that belief is like Schrodinger's cat? Have you ever heard of that Schrodinger's cat? Many of you may know this from the Big Bang Theory, but if not, let me enlighten you. Schrodinger's cat is a thought experiment where a cat is placed in a box with poison in one experiment or dynamite in the other and it has a 50-50 chance of going off within one minute the dynamite or the poison so the paradox comes in because after the minute has elapsed and before the box is open two probabilities are true now while it's true that the cat could be alive it's also true that the cat could be dead and it's only by opening the box and observing do we see the reality right so another example is one you've probably heard before that people like to use a lot for uh, manifestation. It's called the double slit experiment. Now in this experiment, a phenomenon occurs where light particles react like waves when thrown through two slits. So what makes this is a phenomenon is that uh, no matter how many times the experiment's conducted, the outcome is always determined based on whether the experiment was observed or not. And scientists are even baffled by this. They don't understand why, but they just know that every time they conduct the experiment, particles act like particles when observed and they act like waves when they're not observed. So to me, both these experiments highlight a confirmation bias of my own that I have, that all things are possible. And it is the observation of what is possible that solidifies a belief. So however, since all things are possible, if you want to see evidence of a new thing, you only have to think, right? A new thing. That's what I talked about last week. You're doing a new thing. The thought and feeling about the new belief is what's going to inspire or attract the required action to make manifest the evidence in our reality, right? So seeing is not believing, right? Believing is seeing. Because when you believe something, you think on it, you speak it, and then it manifests action to do that. This is what Neville means when he says live as if. But many people think they have to do the action to create the result. In the day of Jesus, these people were called Pharisees or Sadducees. It's a legalistic doer part of the mind. If I do this, then I'll be seen as right. If I do this, then I'll be seen as this. If I do good things, then I'll be seen as good enough. Instead, we should believe we are good enough and goodness will automatically be what we create when we think the thought I'm good enough because that's what actions you're going to automatically generate by thinking that thought. So you can never act your way into belief. That's why you can see one person 
person um, work hard all day and get no result from it. And then someone else barely exerts any effort and receives a lot of result. It's the belief. When you believe, you create a level of expansion or a level of beingness. In other words, you broaden that filter. You see new possibilities. You see new ideas that you've never even considered before. They just come to you. And because you have the belief or you're practicing the belief, then you are willing to be more consistent, 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 regardless of the outcome, because you know it's coming, right? Isn't that what the card says on the back? Uh, you trust in gratitude for what you cannot see yet because you know it's coming. You sit and think, I know it's coming, right? So I'll tell you a basic example from my own life. Have you um, ever worn glasses like we were talking about earlier and looked all over for your freaking glasses only to realize that when you're like, I'm fuck it, I'm just giving up. And then you go sit down that they were on your face the whole freaking time. That happens to me a lot. <laughs> or you looked all over for your cell phone only to realize uh, you were on it. I do that too. I'm like, where's my phone? As I'm talking to someone on it. <laughs> Belief works the same way. All you need to do is you just let go. Just see yourself as if it were true. Just see it. I, this is true. What would that feel like? What would it feel like? How would you see yourself? How would you be showing up? What would you be doing if it were true? How would your family and friends be acting around you? Get into the experience. This is what we're supposed to be doing. If you're a big follower of Neville and you are into visualization, that's what uh, he talks about with sats, a state akin to sleep right before you go to bed, in that groggy state right before you go to sleep. These are the things you need to be asking yourself. What would I be seeing if this were true? What would I feel like? How would I see myself? What would I be doing? How would my Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday life look? How would your family and friends be treating you? And get into that experience. And when you have internalized it enough, it will impress the subconscious, creating evidence in your outer world. Because that's just how it works. Believe me, I know. Where I'm living now, I've wanted to live here since I was, I used to live here when I was young and I've wanted to live here. We moved away and I've wanted to move back since I was young. It always felt like home to me. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I don't know why I've, I just have never gone for it. Uh, just a paradigm or maybe just didn't occur to me. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to practice this. So I'd sit and look out my window and as I looked out my window in the day while I'd be working and doing other things, I envisioned that I was looking out at the town that I wanted to live in. And I just felt what it would feel like to live there and what the snow on the ground would look like or what the leaves would look like and all the things. And boom, a bitch is living here now. And how many things, I bet you could think of something that you did that with in your life. I don't care how small it is. I don't care if it's, I wanted tacos for dinner and I sat and thought how good they would taste in my mouth. And so I went to the store and generated tacos or I thought, shit, girl, you got all the stuff for tacos in your fridge. That's how it works from the minute to the massive. And we're all learning here together. I'm learning just like you are. I'm learning to do bigger and do it faster and faster and faster. Just like you. We're in this together. Nobody's above anybody on this planet. Nobody. Or we wouldn't be here. We're all in this together. Right? So, 
All day, every day, you're thinking. You're thinking, 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 thinking. That's what we as humans do. We think, think, think. And you're either thinking about what you want or what you do not want. So let me ask you, what thoughts make you like yourself more? What thoughts help you love others more? What thoughts make you more at peace with your inner and outer world? If you're going to have thoughts anyway, regardless, and believing is going to make you feel better than not believing, why not just believe? It doesn't cost you anything. It doesn't hurt you to believe. Actually, it'll bring you more joy in the present moment. Whether it came true ever or not, but I know from personal experience that it will persist in enough. It will what? As Neville says, harden into fact in this world. So plant those seeds and watch what you plant grow and be harvested in your life. So I'm going to put a pin in this topic, beloved. I want you to meditate on this today. What is something that you have believed in in the past or believed for that came true? I want you to list five things in your journal. Something that you were believing in or hoping for or desiring on and you just thought, oh, you felt so happy and it was felt delicious every time you thought of it and it came into your life. I don't care if it took a week, one year, five years, whatever. Something that you previously wanted that you have created that came to fruition, even if it seemed natural. I don't give a fuck because that's how manifestation comes or creation. It seems like it would be just out of the norm. Like, well, I didn't do that. That was so-and-so did that for me. That's how it works, babe. That is how it works. So before I go, I wanted to because this week was National Indigenous People Week. I wanted to uh, pull a card for you. Now, remember, if you don't get down with this, you can just end the podcast here and that's your business. But I wanted to pull a card from you from my Nature Spirit deck because this is like my favorite deck. It's a Denise Lynn. I don't know if you've heard of her. Denise Lynn. She's on Hay House. I really vibe with her energy and I love Native American everything. It just, it's very grounding to me because I'm a nature lover. So the card I want to pull for you today, it's very beautiful. It's a sun setting and it's a flowing river. And the card is called flowing river. And the card when pulled, it's basically saying that everything's falling into place for you because you're not resisting right now. You're in the great river of life and you're ready to let go, right? Surrender. Oh, bam. That's so cool how everything aligns. So it's saying, um, You're not resisting. You're letting go. You're entering a period of grace and ease and flow. Everything's unfolding perfectly and with with good timing. You're in a beautiful state right now. And you're not pushing the river to go faster. And you aren't swimming against the current. You're just letting go and you're enjoying the ride. Well, how beautiful. So I love this. It gives a little soul action too. And it says, as you shower and the water flows over your body, imagine that everything is flowing into your life. Spend time next to a river or a stream and watch the flowing waters. Use it as a metaphor to let go and enter the flow. 
So let that be for you this week and for me because I get kind of caught up in the doing. Let me just do this one more thing and then I'll be, let me just do this one more thing and then I'll be, let me just, you know, <laughs> that cycle. So this is for me too. So how can we surrender even more and be like the flowing river? Oh my gosh, I didn't even see how those two were in tandem this week. Beautiful. All right, beloved, have a beautiful week, whatever you define beautiful to be and peace out. Thanks for kicking it with me. If you want, you can reach me by emailing me at katiethejoylady at gmail.com or you can check out my website at www.joyisyourbirthright.com. There I always have four free intro sessions so we can pick at any limiting belief that you want and bring you some clarity so you can see what the power of coaching can do. So hit me up. Otherwise, have a beautiful, beautiful week. Peace out.